think uh, generally speaking, whenever I get to do Jay's talk, Blair and Barker will be back on Wednesday and a little later on this week. I'm getting the late games this week. You're stuck with me this week. I think of uh, all of my appearances, I think for the most part, I get, I'm get i pretty measured, right? I don't go too nuts after huge wins and uh, the appropriate amount of nuts. And for the most part, I don't get too low after some not great showings. But tonight, you know, while I'm not sure wretched is the exact word I'd use to describe this offense, uh, I'm not sure what the exact word is, but, <laughs> but it was it was ugly showing from the offense tonight. And uh, sure, Cole Irving needs to get his uh, his flowers a little bit. He was great over eight innings of work. Alec Manoa, on the other hand, was not great tonight. It happens even to the best pitchers. He was lifted in the sixth. Uh, he's been good all season long. So good that I think he has earned some leeway from basically everyone after a bad start or two. But it was a, uh, what, what shall we call it? A blah performance, top to bottom, in every aspect of the game. It's a, a long season, so these games are bound to happen. Absolutely, right? The the big blow-up games are going to happen. The blah games are going to happen. But, yeah, this was uh, this was a blah game without a doubt. Uh, welcome to JSOC, of course, on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Show Ali with you as we break down the 5-1 loss to the A's. You can shoot me a late-night text at 590-590. Name and location. Got a couple already. Read them on the air shortly. But, yeah, this was an, this was an ugly showing all around, right? Can we? I think we can at least allow that we can attribute this in part to it being a West Coast trip with no time off, right? So, but I think I think by the numbers, by the hours, it's the sixth game, including the doubleheader, by about in about 96-ish hours, right? I think that's about right. They're obviously also dealing with some trauma to the Blue Jays family. Classy move by the uh, A's organization also to have a moment of silence before the game. Um, these are, they're human beings. These are things that have to be taken into account. But at the same time, when it comes to the A's, let me put this in perspective, okay? This is an athletics team on pace for the worst record of any A's team since they moved to Oakland in 1968. A third of their games all season, okay, including, including tonight, results in either zero or one run scored. And tonight, they scored five, right? I mean, again, five is not exactly an overpowering amount of runs. It's not like at any point you really felt like the Jays' bats are out of it because we know very well that the Jays are pretty much never out of it because of the quality of ABs. But that, that quality tonight felt like it was missing. It felt like I didn't see it. I honestly feel like I didn't see a quality AB outside of maybe a, a handful from Bo, the one that scored a run from Vladimir Guerrero Jr., and maybe one from Alejandro, uh, pardon me, from, well, Vladdy had a couple, but the one that scored the run from Alejandro Kirk. And other than that, I don't know. Not, not a lot of super great quality at bats because, uh, yeah, tonight they... Tonight, they just felt like it was missing, maybe, and again, maybe the travel, maybe other things going on as well that we're not aware of, right? But, boy, it's uh, it's not great, right? Uh, on Manoa, too, like, they, the, the Athletics got to Manoa and got good contact off him early and often. And, I mean, look, losing street, three straight to the Rays, it's never good. But on some level, I think I think we can all... Maybe not excuse, but I think you can understand the hijinks that take place within the AL East. Like we all know, it's the toughest division in baseball. It's it's not great. Don't don't misunderstand me when you lose three straight to the Rays. But games against the Yankees, Rays, Red Sox, and dare I say, even the Orioles these days are always going to be tough. And I think everyone who watches Blue Jays baseball fundamentally understands that. But to lose like they did tonight, 
this is, uh, yeah, this is literally one of the worst teams in baseball, right? I get the randomness of baseball can affect the outcome of a game more maybe in this sport than arguably any other sport. Like maybe the NFL comes the next closest, but I guess we could say they got baseball tonight as Arden Swelling is fond of saying, but the offense, like I said, not showing patience in more or less any at bat tonight. And look at Cole Irvin, right? The guy thrown 65 pitches at the end of six innings, 80 pitches after seven. I mean, what is going on? Like, make the guy work for it a little bit, right? He's definitely played well. Don't get me wrong, but this isn't Randy Johnson or Nolan Ryan out there, right? It's not Cy Young himself reincarnated on this mound. Make him work a little bit, right? He doesn't have overpowering stuff. This is like, I laugh because it almost seems, I feel incredulous. It almost feels like you you have guys like Bo and Vladdy and Kirk. And I mean, like I said, Kirk scored the run tonight. Teoscar Hernandez, they're the guys coming up in the ninth inning you had Springer come up a couple of times, and uh, he was at bat in the eighth. I don't know. It just, it's odd, right? I mean, it's, it's also odd because we had seen Irvin do this basically exactly, if you recall, in, the, in May of 2021. Early on last season, when we were kind of having these same kinds of conversations, he threw on May 4th of 2021, 102 pitches over eight innings of work. Three hits and one earned run last year. Tonight, eight innings, four hits, one earned run, no walks, and four strikeouts on 95 pitches. Like, that is, that. honestly, I think that's kind of insane. I think it's kind of an, an insane thing, right? That's that's truly wild. Like, that's not something, I don't know. Like last year, we kind of joked a little bit about how pitchers will come in and dummy the Blue Jays' bats because and having never seen them before, the Blue Jays, the second time they played Cole Irving last year, I believe it was in September. And I mean, in September, the Blue Jays were one of the hottest teams in all of baseball, right? It was, that was right after they came back to Rogers Center. There was some emotion there, no doubt. They saw Cole Irving again. And at the beginning of September last year, September 5th, I'm seeing here, two and a third innings, he allowed eight hits, seven earned runs, two strikeouts, two home runs. He only threw 50 pitches. Well, he threw only 50 pitches, but he also threw 50 pitches over two and a third and the Blue Jays demolished Cole Irvin. I know Marcus Simeon is not on this team and Randall Gritchick's not on this team anymore, but I mean, let's be real. If the way Kirk is hitting and the way a lot of these other guys are hitting, there's no real reason they shouldn't have taken advantage of Cole Irvin. I I gotta say that I'm not laughing because it's funny. I'm laughing because I'm, it's honestly, honestly astonishing. Dare I say, Um, I want to get some of these text line questions here. Again, you can text me. 590, 590, name and location, please. Uh, Nick from Winnipeg, how long are the Jays going to allow a sub-300 OBP player to hit in the two-hole? And, of course, referring to, to Bo Bichette. And, I mean, it's a, not a bad question, honestly, Nick. I, 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 want, I, I think the, the good question is, why do other guys get to be moved around but not Bo Bichette, right? I'm not saying it's, it's not like you're benching Bo Bichette. That's not happening, right? The Blue Jays obviously feel like he is a key part of this team going forward. I'm not, I'm not trying to misconstrue what Nick said. I just, I feel like, you know, maybe sometimes he does need to get moved down, moved around a little bit, right? We saw, it almost feels like with, with great ease, Teoscar Hernandez was moved out of the cleanup spot. I mean, a while ago now, because Alejandro Kirk has been playing very, very, very well. But a while ago, he was moved out of that cleanup spot, and Kirk is now the de facto cleanup hitter whenever he's catching or DHing, essentially, right? So whenever that happens, the, the order of the lineup essentially is Springer, Bo, Vladdy, Kirk, Teoscar. And I have no problem with that, but 
if they're if they're willing to make those moves, I think there have got to be some kind of compromise on having Bo moved as well. I would think, right? I uh, I kind of agree with that from uh, from Nick from Winnipeg. Um, I want to get to this one as well on the text line. Here it is, uh, Sam from Manitoba. They they come whenever they come in, <laughs> whenever the texts come in, they kind of push all the other texts down. So I have to go find them sometimes. But yeah, this is from uh, Sam from Manitoba talking about Matt Chapman. Um, if Kevin Biggio and, and Santiago Espinal keep it up, at what point is Chapman no longer a shoe in to play third base every game? Look, I'll, I'll never shut the door completely for me personally. I'll never shut the door completely on moving a player around or getting a guy more work at another time. Cause I mean, look, we, coming into this season, we thought that it was going to be a platoon situation between Espinal and Biggio. That's obviously not the case now that we're at the beginning of July. Espinal kind of grabbed control of the second base play, second base position, kind of like almost right away. It feels like, right? So, Hey, I no no complaints there, but I, I do think that even though Chapman's bat has been what at best fine, at best, fine, right? I think you can easily say it's been disappointing. I mean, we knew he struck out a lot. We absolutely knew that. But even so, the bat has been not what you expected, even for a guy who hadn't been healthy, even in Oakland the past couple of years. Now that he is fully healthy, I think you expect more. But I, I think the plus stuff he brings with the glove is such that they're basically never going to move that guy off third base. And, I, and again, I'm, I think it's, it's a good question by, by Sam in the sense that Maybe you do give Biggio and Espinal looks at different parts of this lineup, and they love that kind of plus utility role, super utility role, as they describe for Kevin Biggio. But I got to say, I uh, I don't see Matt Chapman being moved off third base at, at basically at any point, unless he gets injured. I think he basically is going to start ninety eight percent of time of the time at third base, and then when he gets the mandated day off because of all the games that are being crammed into this season, um, it's going to be Biggio or es- probably Espinal. Right? Espinal can go to third like we saw last year, and Biggio goes to second when he's not. And you just you just make it so that Vladdy is not DHing on those days, and Vladdy is at first. Right? So if that's the case, then I'm perfectly fine with that. But yeah, I just I just don't think this organization sees Chapman um, as anything other than uh, than uh, than the everyday third baseman. Um, let's t- let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we will get back to the text line five ninety five ninety. And I want to talk about Alec Manoa. I see a text here from Sean in Newmarket. I want to read this one next because it's about uh, it's about Alec Manoa. Some concerning stats, I guess, from the from the velocity numbers here for Alec Manoa after tonight's ball game. So let's get into that on the other side of the break here on Jay's Talk. I'm Show Ali on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Welcome back to Jay's Talk. Show Ali with you across the Sportsnet Radio Network for about eh, 10, 11 more minutes as we wrap up this 5-1 defeat for the Blue Jays at the hands of the Oakland Athletics out at Ring Central Coliseum. If you knew that was the name of the Oakland Athletics Stadium, you knew that it was called Ring Central Coliseum. You know what? Give yourself a pat on the back because uh, I can't imagine. It's, it's, not a, it's not a stadium name that rolls off the tongue. Let's just say that Um, before we get back to the text line at 590-590, a ton of texts coming in. So please keep them rolling. Name and location, please, as always, I give you a shout out. Let's get to the Bet365 standings update. Bet365 is the world's favorite sports book with 63 million members worldwide. 19 plus play responsibly, Ontario only. Let's look at the league standings here. The Yankees were off tonight. I don't believe they played. So they're 58 and 22. The Boston Red Sox blanked the Tampa Bay Rays for nothing. So they're 45 and 35. The Rays are 43 and 37. 
So with the loss and with Toronto's loss today, for, Toronto is 44 and 37. Toronto is still a half game up on the Rays. So it goes Yankees, Red Sox, Blue Jays, Rays, and the uh, Baltimore Orioles bringing up the rear of the AL East, 37 and 44. Although the uh, Baltimore Orioles did actually grab a pretty dramatic win in extra innings today. The bases were loaded and Jorge Mateo was hit by a pitch and they they win on a hit by pitch bases loaded walk I guess right it's uh, that's how they won they won seven to six the uh, Red Sox won four nothing over the Rays and Cutter Crawford who has been largely ungood dare I say all season long he went five and a third with I believe it was two hits no runs and eight strikeouts that is absurd I mean that maybe that's just like a Cole Irvin type of start for the the Red Sox like the like Red Sox today but man that's a that's wild considering you know I mean they used an opener tonight what it was Austin Davis went two innings and then after that Crawford went five and a third that's wild anyways that's the uh, quick check of the bet 365 standings update again Blue Jays in third place in the AL East right now just a game and a half back of the Red Sox and a game ahead of the Rays in that third place spot. Okay, let's get back to the 590-590 text line. Again, you can shoot me a text name and location. Um, I wanted to get to this one from Sean in Newmarket, which I mentioned before. Is Alc Manoa hurt? Velocity down, giving up home runs, more contact than usual. This is the worst team in baseball. Something's wrong with Manoa. So actually, in the commercial break just now, I actually just was looking at some of the, the, the quotes from Montoyo. He just basically, he did say Manoa was fine. Yes, the velocity was down. He acknowledged it. But he says the arm was fine. He just didn't have his best fastball today. He battled. It just it just didn't come. Manoa himself saying, I don't have a clue why the speed was down early, but he continued to make to continue to attack and uh, make his pitches as much as he could. So that's at least we can breathe a sigh of relief that he's not injured. Okay, he's not injured. It seems it probably just uh, you can attribute it to a, some fatigue, maybe some emotion there. The the trip obviously coast to coast, right? Going from Toronto yesterday to Oakland with no time off. So maybe maybe that's a part of it. But, I mean, Ben had mentioned it during the broadcast. The final line for Manoa, five and two-thirds, six hits, five runs, four of them earned, two walks, five strikeouts, and two home runs. The home run to Loriano and the home run to Vote and uh, the, the Loriano home run. Good Lord. That was, a, that was a moonshot. He crushed that ball. And, uh, look, Manoa, through the first two innings, this was from Chris Black, TV producer for Sportsnet, 91 Point six mile an hour average on the fastball first two innings his lowest average fastball velocity he has ever had through 36 career major league starts maybe he was cold going into the game again result of the west coast trip definitely possible also from chris um he didn't have great break on that slider as well the season average of horizontal break on his slider is about 16 inches right his career low going into tonight's game 13 or 13 inches of run and tonight he got about eight inches of run of horizontal break on that slider. That's not good, right? Like it's a, it was a weird evening at the best of times, dare I say, but those aren't exactly super promising, but I don't know. Pitchers, pitchers are allowed to have bad games. Don't get me wrong. It happens to everyone, but uh, I just, sheesh, just when it, when it rains, it pours, I suppose. Um, also, I, I don't want to harp on the strike zone all the time. I feel like every time I come on Jay's talk, I just, you know, crap on the strike zone and umpires and so on. And you can probably find questionable calls 
in every game, but I just, I did find it a little grating at points that there were, there were pitches that Manoa was getting squeezed on ones that were right there in the strike zone. Like one, there were some that were like almost like 98% of the ball was in the strike zone and it was called the ball and not a strike. And there were ones that grazed the outside corners, and those ones are all always a little iffy, right? So I can understand to a degree those. But on the other hand, when Cole Irvin gets few, a few pitches that were called strikes in the same place as Manoa was getting called balls, I don't know. That that does kind of irk me a little bit. Again, I, you guys know how I feel about the strike zone, about robot umpires. Bring me the robots as soon as humanly possible. You know, like uh, the Skynet, install Skynet and Major League Baseball headquarters right now because I think I think that's a that's an easy solution. But again, I think that that article I'd mentioned a couple of days ago from ESPN says that it's probably not coming until 2024 at the earliest. And we still don't know what, what shape or form it'll take a buzzers on the shoulders or a light somewhere or whatever. Right. But anyways, I just, I don't want to harp too much more on the, on the strike zone stuff, but I just wanted to put that out there. Um, let's get back to the text line. Five ninety five ninety. Uh, Pacific Dale texts in to say, welcome to the annual blue Jay West coast collapse and debacle. Yours sincerely, Pacific Dale. Uh, Dale also texting in from BC to say, uh, the only Blue Jay All-Star is Kirk. And Lourdes Gurriel Jr. and Bo Bichette are not. And you know what? I don't actually, I don't think there's a single Blue Jays fan out there who would argue with Alejandro Kirk being uh, being an All-Star this year. He is the best p- uh, catcher. I almost said pitcher. He is the best catcher in all of Major League Baseball. I think not just because I feel like he is. He is. Like, statistically, he is, right? The gap between him and the next best catcher, it was certainly in the AL, is not close. I would say the next guy is Jose Trevino with the Yankees. And he's having a pretty good season, too. But he's not having nearly as good a season as Kirk is. The next good best catcher, I think, in all of Major League Baseball is Wilson Contreras with the Cubs. I mean, he might be traded this year, right? Also, let's hope if he gets traded, let's hope he doesn't get traded to the Astros. No one wants to see the one spot the Astros are bad in. And I, again, quote-unquote bad. Martin Maldonado is fine, I guess. But, I mean, he's an older guy. No one wants to see the only, the only position the Astros have as, quote-unquote, not good get better with arguably the, the at worst the second best catcher in major league baseball although the cubs are rebuilding so i feel like it's pretty likely Contreras gets dealt after all the guys who got dealt last year like like rizzo and so on but anyways uh i still think also manoa is probably an all-star if you're i mean if you're trying to fill out some some pitching there but i mean you know shane mcclanahan as we we, we saw slash heard mcclanahan on saturday that guy's starting the all-star game so it's a question of who's filling out the roster after him i'd still put manoa on that team but you know how the pitching goes versus voting for position players it kind of is largely up to the coaching staff um i wanted to get to this text as well oh actually i like this one from frank and scarborough first uh, that's the beauty of baseball any given night or day you can shine and you know what fair that again baseball blue, blue jay has got baseball tonight it's fair it's true but i it just it's just the way they showed a lack of fight that is it felt uncharacteristic from this squad to me at least is what i think really rubbed me the wrong way i i'll say this i have no problem with the blue jays uh with the blue jays joking around in the dugout i that i actually have no problem with sure like what do you want to see them pimp home runs when they're down by multiple runs no sure no no one wants that that's inappropriate but like wearing the jacket and goofing off that is a part of this team's i i feel like their makeup right maybe maybe i, maybe I, I will say this maybe the lap people often text in and ask about 
Marcus Simeon, right? And like, oh, does this team miss Marcus Simeon? I mean, Simeon was having an awful, like truly historically awful for someone who signed such a major extension or a major deal with a new team to start the season. He has gotten much better as of late. I think he hit a home run today, I think, for Texas against Baltimore, despite them losing to Baltimore at Camden. But I, I think one thing that is under... And again, I'm not saying this with any sort of like inside information. It's just kind of like how I feel like I read the clubhouse. And again, almost entirely from TV and radio. But Simeon last year kind of felt like the guy who, like if you recall that we could see so many times, you'd see like Springer and Vladdy and, and Teoscar and Bo kind of goofing around in the dugout at the front of the dugout near the railing, like near the field. And then it's, it cut to like Simeon sitting like a robot in the back of the dugout. And, and like they'd engage with him sometimes, but often it just looked like he wanted to be left alone. I don't think that's necessarily some kind of like there was a, a schism in the clubhouse, but it, I did, it did kind of seem like Simeon was a very much a take this seriously type of guy. Right. And I, I wonder who that is on this team, because even when you go back to Springer's tenure in Houston, he never seemed like that guy to me. Right. Like maybe maybe Carlos Correa was that guy or maybe Martin Maldonado was that guy. Right. We talked about him just now. Maybe like maybe it was someone else completely. Right. And I I think you can also divide the pitchers and position players. Maybe it was someone else. One of those other position players. Maybe it was Jose Altuve. I don't know. Right. But Springer doesn't really even though he is a veteran. Right, certainly, and, and you'll see him. I mean, remember when Manoa was PO'd about not getting the ninth against the Reds? You could see Springer go out there and like actively try and calm these guys down and calm Manoa down and so on. So uh, th- there is a bit of veteran presence there, but I wonder if they do require a more, I don't know if stoic is the right word, a stoic veteran in the clubhouse. But, hey, I mean, again, maybe this is the way the clubhouse is, is built. And, again, I don't say that with any kind of, like, inside information it's just that's pure speculation on my part but it does like i i do know we just we just got a lot of texts again you can shoot me a quick text 59590 before we wrap here in a couple of minutes but you know that's just how it seems to it, we, we seem to get a lot of messages about should they take things more seriously and i just wonder if that's if that's gonna not gonna happen unless things change here um within the clubhouse um let's get back to the text line 59590 uh name and location See one here from uh, Declan in Orangeville. Manoa didn't have his best stuff today, but the game wasn't totally out of reach. Top of the lineup should be doing more. It shouldn't be looking like a 7-8-9 on a 70-win team at times. They just need to relax. They look like they're forcing it. And that was a common theme of the of uh, some of the texts yesterday, too, for Blair and Barker on Jay's Talk, just about how the, it looked like they were swinging out of their shoes sometimes, right? And I, again, I think it happened early on. They were like they were not doing themselves any favors with the kinds of ABs they were taking because they were like, they, there are a lot of 0 2 counts or 1 2 counts for virtually every batter today, but all, it felt like it, ha- it was happening a lot for Springer, certainly. And I mean, he made the great diving catch to, to make some contributions that way, but at the plate, these guys were, were I, I don't know, not the kind of ABs you're used to them seeing. I mean, look, even last week against the Red Sox, we saw this team very patient in the ninth inning, super patient, four straight hits, right, to, to win the game. I, I just felt like I didn't see that at all tonight, and I, I dare say um, many of you agree as well. But, hey, I appreciate the texts at 590, 590, name and location. We will do it all again tomorrow night here on Jay's Talk. And I don't want to hear any complaints about Jordan Romano tonight. He hadn't pitched since the 29th, and that was last Wednesday. Nine pitches for him tonight. I got to imagine he'll be uh, 
good to go tomorrow if needed. Uh, that does it for Jay's Talk tonight. Appreciate the text as always. Thanks for listening to Blue Jays Baseball. Served up by the always game-ready Jack Link's Meat Snacks. Feed your wild side baseball fans. Jays lose to the A's 5-1 to this evening in Oakland. And tomorrow, another late start as Yusei Kikuchi heads to the mound for the Jays. Adrian Martinez will make his third major league start for the A's. For Tom Young, I'm Show Ali. I'll be back tomorrow for more late night Jays talk goodness. I'm here all week, so you'll hear from me a lot. We'll talk to you later on tomorrow.